three with Shannon Reed. Awesome. At Northside at the Hive. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, David. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> so we've done, we've done the two interviews with Natty and with Boston. So pretty much the interview is more just asking you, it's probably interest in what got you into yoga. Like there definitely seems to be a theme where I'm interviewing people at the moment who are yoga teachers. So probably the, the easiest way to lean it in is what got you into yoga. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool one. Um, it's like broken into two parts, that story. The first one, initially, I was training at the gym a lot. Yeah. And the gym offered free yoga classes. So oh. at the beginning, I wasn't that interested, but I started getting a few injuries. My mates were doing it, so I'm like, I'll check it out. And sure, yeah, I started doing it, started feeling good in the body. And, you know, maybe once, twice a week, I'd go and do these yoga classes. And that continued for a few years. Um, so that stage was like, the whole just for the physical mm. attributes of uh, practicing, you know, getting the flexibility and bits and pieces like that. Uh, later on, when I had a relationship start to break down and um, some other things started popping up, and it was actually my ex who suggested you should sign up and do yoga somewhere. Yeah, oh, really? Like, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll get into that. And from that point on, it was, you know, multiple times a week. Then I started going twice a day. And then so you're just getting more addicted. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> maybe I should look into teacher training and, oh, and cool. go a little bit further. Very good, very good. So, what, I mean, obviously, like, what was the benefit? Like, what was it that made you keep going? Because obviously, like you, you, you know, you well, probably sounds like you got an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like you got into it, and then you really got into yep. it, and then, but then obviously, like any sport or anything you get into, there's something about it that you really liked. Mm -hmm. Like what was it? It was probably just the ability to just start exploring uh, more of what was inside of me, you know, my thoughts, emotions, things I'd holding on to, especially in teacher training, as you know, that stuff getting bored up and yeah. like, oh, okay, got to deal with this now. That's been buried for a long time. Uh, and that side, and I think that's what really gets me hooked. It's, it's more about um, developing myself, growing as yeah. a person. Yeah. 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 And what do you think, um, like when you did your YTT, you said like you know, it brought a lot of stuff up. What were the elements during the YTT? Like what were the things that, that you found brought stuff up? Because obviously you have you have asana practice, mm -hmm. which which most people, you know, that's you know we see yoga and we see people stretching, we see people doing certain poses or certain balances, and I mean in some ways they can bring stuff up to people. Yep. You know, you can get someone in half pigeon, they start bawling their eyes out because there's something going on with emotional tension held in their hips or something. Mm -hmm. But what would you say during the YTD? What were the things that brought stuff up like why were, why were things brought up so before the training if you asked me to stand in front of a room of people and you know guide them through a class or just talk about anything wasn't so I wasn't scared about public speaking but being that sort of almost like you could say center of attention for that period of time oh, like okay. this, it was terrifying and uh, that sort of that boundary started getting broken down yeah, yeah, for, like, sure. Okay, for sure yeah it's not so bad like, um, Teaching as well, the classes are generally theme them around things that I'm dealing with in the week, in my life, and it gives me time to explore that and share it with people, maybe offer them something to explore as well themselves. Mm -hmm. So there's, yeah, other things I was breaking down, all personality um, sort of things. I 
always so reserved, kept to myself, didn't share a lot, kind of kept everything bottled up. And mm. instead of dealing with it, I'd actually just stay busy all the time. The busier I was, the yeah, less yeah. I had to think. But now, more time to dive into that, stop just covering it over and ignoring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when you say, like, you know, you theme theme classes or things, like, during the week, so, like, you got an example of maybe, you know, like, say, you, you had certain experiences the week before and then you theme some of the classes mm-hmm. the following, like, what would you, what would you do? Yeah, that can be anything. Probably the best one to talk about would be this week where I was sitting in class, um, sitting at work, just researching, I think I was noticing the tight in the hips, I'm like, oh, it's just like research, you know, the hip flexors, and started reading about the psoas, and then realized, okay, I'm in this contracted position for, you know, eight hours all a day, day yeah. five days a week, yeah. like, all right, this is what's going on, I, I need to share this now that we're in the classes, so. And for a lot of people, it's good, it's what's going on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, it's like, I'd say, it's, if you said there was a, there's, I'd say, like, this is shut down, and this is shut down. Yeah. This is like this. It's like Yeah, well, I actually had a joke with that with a friend saying, yeah, my class is always about the hips and the heart. And I'm like, Donnie, that's me, hunched over, tight hips. I'm like, they're good to get. That's why I want to open them all the time. Yeah, it's all that. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think for sure that if I, I used to work as a personal trainer and for physios and things like that and teaching Pilates years ago. And the big one you see, though, is like you can see, like I'd say, I'm similar, like I tend to always work around, especially like this, I just a lot of that, because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you think about stress, you think about people like driving, like you said, like sitting or desk bound, or people who are overweight, it's like, it's just everything is sort of like drawing themselves down. Yeah. So where, where did you do, when you did your teacher training, where did you end up doing it, and why did you pick the place that you did? Yeah, I asked questions for a while in the lead up, just asking other teachers for their advice. And I was, I picked a few places overseas, and I had a friend say, You should just practice at the studio where you plan to do your training mm-hmm. first and get the vibe for it. And uh, just convenience, there was a studio in Miranda, Ohio. Yep, yep. I was able to go up there every weekend and just do a few of their classes. And I just, yeah, I, something about the place, they're so friendly. The um, the two owners uh, just welcoming heaps of knowledge, and after the training, so glad I did it there because yeah. yeah. No, no, I have to admire it. It's very cool place to do. And what did you? What was like the style? What yoga style did they teach? So they are basically like your power vinyasa based on um, maybe a little bit of an association with power living. Mm. which is who's now taken over a studio mm. where I did the training. Yeah, they did actually, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And what, what was it about, like, their style of teaching and the style of classes? Like, what, why, what did you like when you said, you know, you're going to the, you're going up there and, and going to the classes and you're getting a feel for why you wanted to go there and people were really friendly. But, like, what was it about the, the structure of the classes? Because obviously, like, when we talk about yoga, is pretty broad mm-hmm. you know so like you know most of us have had certain experiences of yoga but i guess for a lot of people sometimes you know, they haven't been exposed to a lot of other types of yoga yep. so what was it about like the yoga like what was it that you enjoyed yeah i probably got carried away just in the excitement of going somewhere else you know most of my um yoga experiences was around Wollongong. yeah which is yeah 
And so going to even you know, South Sydney, uh, it was just different. The other people practicing their, um, I guess you could say their experience was different. The room was packed, so it was just that vibe, enjoyed that. Mm. And the pace of the classes as well was strong, but um, just, yeah, you weren't rushed through everything, had time to settle in. Uh, who I did the classes with, Chris, Actually, I never did any of Janine's classes before mm. doing the training, and she led the training for most mm. of the time. Mm. So that was a new experience coming into that as well. Like I wasn't sure uh, what her technique was or how she mm. did her classes. So yeah, uh, but as a instructor for the teacher training, amazing, and understood everybody and was able to you know, give a space to dive into whatever it is we had to manage. Um, Different points during the training. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so you came, you came out of the training, and then obviously like the teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. So like, what was the process of like getting into teaching, and how did you find, I guess, like the experience of, I guess, a teacher training, and then the experience of being a teacher. Yes, yeah. because that that's like for many people. Like I did my teacher training. Took me about a year to start teaching, and I used to be a personal trainer, so I had experience. But I remember teaching versus YTT was like pretty different. Yeah, <laughs> I had every intention going into the training that I was going to teach in the end. Yeah, I I didn't push it too hard, just so was going to see what would happen. But straight away after coming out of training, the studio which I was practicing at, the Wollongong Yoga Center, their yeah. main teacher who also did her training at the same but she, I think she did it at the same place as me. Mm -hmm. She went overseas for about two months. Yeah. So I was covering all of her classes for two months. Sweet. Straight out of training. So but that, that's yeah. I reckon that I look back and I I wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I did. It was excellent in a few so the very first class I didn't know what I was doing, I turned up to practice and I was asked, Oh, do you just want to take the class? Okay, I'll do the first one. Okay. But there is that point as you're learning where you, you're always going to have bad nights and everything you do, you have those ones that don't go to plan and you beat yourself up about, but when you have to come back and teach the following night, like I could dwell on this or I'm just going to, you know, move on and keep growing. And yeah. How many jobs do you start that you're perfect at? Nah. Straight off the yeah, straight off the never, 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 definitely. And so obviously you're teaching, you know, you started teaching for covers and now you're teaching more and more. So like, we're doing this at North Side of the Hive, which is part of the Yoga Hive, owned by Becky, who you work for. Um, yeah, and I guess like that process of like teaching more and more, and sort of like coming more into that role of teaching. Like, what have you? I don't know. What have been the good bits and the bad bits? Really? Like, obviously, you said like learning to manage when you have a shit class, mm -hmm. and then obviously you're teaching more classes, yep. learning that ruminating on it ain't going to do shit because you've got to teach another class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing that has started to shift, I noticed over the last couple of months, is moving away from both the sequences that I, I learned during training or what I've picked up along the way and starting to bring my own sort of elements to yeah. the classes, my own um, transitions, different types of sequencing, and, and then exploring that and, you know, being more thoughtful about the way that you construct the class. So, you know, you've got your counter poses for everything. Mm. And um, yeah, that's sort of just going a little bit deeper that way now. 
Yeah. And everything is different. Sometimes they're fast and flowing and other times it's just all settling in and going slower and moving deeper. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely, that's probably the transition where you, you know, you could be taught. I remember when I first started teaching, I got offered a teacher's place and they wanted me to teach the Astanga primary series, like pose for pose, no deviation. Mm. And mm. I'd said, I don't want a job. And that was me, like, I, I, I need that sense of, because I mean, I came from a personal training background. I know how to not hurt people. Mm -hmm. I know kind of like general, you know, like pretty good anatomy from other things as well. And it's the thing of like, as, as long as there's certain structure you're following in the sense of like, that it's logical, then I think it, it's kind of, it's pretty open to what you want to do. Like in advanced practice, like, you know, some of like the yoga, like the Hatha Tantric stuff and the advanced like Pranayama and and kundalini stuff you've got to be pretty by the book because it's like things have to happen in a certain sequence and if you do them in the wrong sequence you end up like fucking yourself up yeah. in like an energetic way but i think as far as like asana goes i think it's pretty open mm -hmm. really as long as there's some sort of logic and structure and direction and like purpose to it then yeah i think you're pretty much you can do whatever then that's way more interesting like for every studio you went to that taught like yoga taught the astanga primary series it's just like where's the humanity in that? like where's the creativity in that? Like, where's the excitement in that? you know and i think that's the big thing like i see when i teach on ytt is like like basically people being um themselves i suppose yeah. Yeah. Teaching, yeah. teaching like teach teach you like don't try like maybe you know we have people that we look up to like maybe like as a male we might be like Dylan Yoni like he's really strong or it might be someone else who we really look up to but I think ultimately it's like yeah you just teach yourself and yep. then people are going to dig it and you're going to have people that like love you teaching yourself and then you're going to be like people who just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't keep everyone happy. But that's like also important to continue doing classes and doing different teachers' classes and then finding elements of everybody that you practice or learn from. Like, I want to incorporate bits and pieces. I want to incorporate that into my... Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Right, that doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably my downfall, man. It's like, I teach... And then I'm surfing, I'm mm. doing all these other things. And then I really want to go to other teachers' classes. And then I'm just like, I'm tired, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. Like, I've got to get in classes all day long. But, you know. Um, but, yeah, I always want to go. To, it's always funny. I'm always riding this line where I want to go to a class. And I'll go to class. And I'll just surf for three hours. And I'm like. You're not really there. not really doing it properly. And then I'm like, I want to rest. But then I really want to, like, because then someone will have a, like, a cool transition. Oh, I dig that. Yeah. Like, I remember going to a class and there was a transition I do a lot that a teacher did. And I, I just was like, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Like, I'm straight, <laughs> straight taking it. Yeah, like, and I, yeah, that was, came from doing classes. Like I say, if I was to change something about my practice, would be probably setting aside a little bit more energy to go and do mm -hmm. other classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, 
<laughs> you know, I liken that to that saying I always forget how it goes. Is it you're the average of you know, the five people you keep closest to? Yeah. 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 So I feel I treat that the same with um, yoga practice. Well, I'm not the average of the five people that I practice the most. Yeah. So go and like go and find the teachers yeah. that you really enjoy. Yeah. I think too. Like so. Also, you know, I guess it's like you. You've helped me write or you know, bring to life some children's books. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's quite interesting for me to ask you about that experience, I suppose. Like, how, how was the experience? Like, you obviously you have you know, knowledge of illustrating and your work and you know, graphic design mm-hmm. and things like this in your, in your current role, and you do projects for other people as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, how did you find the process mm-hmm. of a book? Because I think when I first approached you about it, I remember you said you'd, you'd done a cookbook or something mm-hmm. with someone. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the process, I guess, of, like, bringing the book to life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing more daunting and scary than uh, staring at 16 blank pages yeah. waiting for you to draw the pictures. <laughs> uh, and each time, each book that we, I've worked on with you, I'm like, okay, how do we start? You've got to get some sort of base going, just get the ball rolling. And I'm sure you noticed that as well. Like it was slow in the beginning. I might send you one picture, I might send you two. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting five or six. Then the whole book's there and we're refining. Yeah, yeah. you get a feel. You get a feel yeah. for like what it's going to look like. But I always think like from a creative, because I mean like my, you know, I would love to have your capacity to to make the images. Like I remember when I first had the ideas of book, like I, I did art school at, at, at high school and, you know, I could draw to like reasonable level, mm-hmm. but and had in my head of drawing all the images, and then I just was like, it's never going to be as good. You know, you got to get in a situation where you're trying to do everything, which is like that's my problem. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not trying to trying to do everything, and it is not good. And yeah, it was more kind of someone who who was specialised in something that I wasn't specialised. So for me, it was really just like when I wrote. The kids' books. It was more the sort of thing of experiencing, I guess, like what what the meaning of the book was about. So, like, you know, a lot of my books, you know, had had interactions where they came from dreams and experiences and dreams. And so, the way I experienced them was more kind of like the dialogue and not the images themselves, but like the feeling, mm-hmm. like what the message was in the book. And then I guess when I wrote them, I wrote each page with an idea of the image. But it was interesting because I knew to to have it turn out correctly, I also kind of had to have this thing where someone else had to kind of like birth the image. Yep. You know, so I had to pick like I remember thinking, talking to another person who who had written the children's book, and they seemed pretty like. Nazi on the images. Yep. You know, like I want a picture of this with this, and it has to be exactly that. It has to be that. It has to be this color. It has to be that. And I remember thinking about it, and I was like, man, that would have sucked for the person. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I think <laughs> to do it. I think we have a very similar approach to getting work done, where you just get it done. And your brief, your guide was was good. It was clear. But you were, I think there was enough allowance there for me to do my thing. And yeah. I think you only, you know, the changes you suggested were so minimal. Like it was, like it was still subtle. Yeah. subtle. It, was more, it was more kind of like the overview of like the kids' books were, it's kind of like, you know, like I, Tommy, 
I didn't, I did I never thought of Tommy being a, a, like a, a ramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, Tommy's definitely a ramp. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, Tommy's a ramp, you know? And he cantrips and he's a ramp. And then it was like, uh, just little things like that where, you know, Tommy goes to yoga, you know, and he always does up dog and down dog, but it was also kind of just little things of where, yeah, like, I guess I had to kind of be like, what was important to the story and what wasn't. And in the end, it's like the image communicates a meaning, and the meaning can be communicated in many ways. It doesn't have to be communicated in one way. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like interesting, giving it over to someone and being like, okay, this is kind of like the meaning I want. Here's some ideas of like what I think could be that meaning. But then there were things you sent back to me that I realized were better than, you know, I remember in the, the latest one with Arias the dog and I was like hell bent for a while on like 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. the big monolith. And I remember having this in my head. And then I remember you, you sent me something back that and I think what was it? Ah, it was it was the dogs kind of like you know they dropped all their sticks mm-hmm. and they weren't sniffing each other's bums and they were kind of just looking, you know, yeah, yeah. which was the meaning. That's what the meaning was. Mm-hmm. And I just realised it doesn't. It's not going to work. Like that works, but what I wanted to do didn't. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting, like that sort of thing of understanding what was going to work, what wasn't going to work. But I always thought, like, from the other person's point of view, of the creative aspect, what you're saying, like, when you came up with the images, like, how does it happen? You know, like, for me, dreams impact me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, do you, do you sit around and sort of think, or do you, you draw little sketches? Or I just start, just start doing it. Just yeah. anything at all, a line on the page is all it needs to be. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I think there's that, um, it can be dangerous when you start trying to look at too much inspiration because then you don't get any work done. Mm. Sometimes you have to be your own inspiration. So just start doing it. doesn't matter if it works out or not. That's a start. And yeah. now you can just go from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. So what would you be like, I guess, like now that you're, you know, you're teaching more and obviously you, you still have your other, other work with, with design and graphic design mm. and what you're doing on the, on the side as well. But what do you see for the future, I suppose. Yeah, I already plan to do a little bit more teacher training in the future. So next year, I've got a few things, uh, more just thoughts at the moment working towards. But I still, I want to do both. I want to teach and I want to keep designing. I want to get more into music as well. So uh, I don't do anything unless I'm feeling it. Uh, I don't practice. I don't try to force any practice at all. So music, for example, is one that often just takes the back seat. I do it when I'm feeling it because mm-hmm. I'm going to put more like yeah, feel my passion into it. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, that's I guess it, they're all different forms of creative outlet. Just always got thoughts, always got pictures in my head, so um, just putting them out there. Whether that be you know the art or designing, or the pictures can be. Um, sequences for yoga practice and mm. yeah just totally turning these thoughts into actions and obviously too i remember like looking at stuff i think i had this conversation with you about like you're obviously into into like eating well and food and things like mm-hmm. this and, and i made the joke like you need to do your own mm-hmm. like, cookbook yeah. 
which I think you should do your cookbook personally as a business owner, you just do it as a team. But yeah, obviously, like that's a big part of it. So obviously, does that just go hand in hand with the yoga thing, like the eating stuff, or is it something you've always sort of been quite passionate about? Yeah, cooking's uh, and isn't that a funny one? You first move out of home and you get sick because you can't eat well, yeah. and then you start figuring out, okay, these are the foods I need to eat. But the cooking stuff that I get, I'm into, it's easy stuff. I I don't want to tell people, oh, you need to eat better. I want to say, look, this is an easy way to do it. Try this recipe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it took yeah. like five minutes. So yeah, easy to do stuff that I like cooking with foods that can do multiple things. So I keep a lot of raw ingredients that can you know, can be anything from a bread to a pancake to whatever yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think too that's a big one. Like I'm, I'm definitely guilty of. More effort into to cooking. I've got this sort of like routine, and, and it's like I'm a little bit. It's one of those things if I was to change something. It's like eating is just to like keep me alive so I can do things. Yeah. Which is like it's a little bit limiting. It's something I always go back and forwards with. And like, all right, man, you need to give a shit about this. Like, this is an important part of life. I mean, this is just the thing I got to do so I can like go surfing all day. Yeah. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. I've always had this attitude where it's just this thing, and if I didn't have to do it. It would be sweet, mm. but it's interesting. Like as I as I'm getting older, I'm like, oh no, this is actually like there's a lot to it. Like, you know, I think even you know the studies that show, you know, if you prepare your own food and how you think about your food when you're making it and how you think about your food when you're eating it, mm-hmm. and they always have implications on how the food operates as well as the food. Yeah, around. right. Yeah. You know, so stuff like, you know, if you eat something and you're in a really bad mental state and you're feeling really bad about it. The implications of it are worse mm-hmm. than if you mm-hmm. were not negative about it. So I always find that's quite interesting, like how you feel about it as well. Obviously, has like a pretty big impact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you know, you want to go back and touch on those other things. The other interests that I have is realize they're all some sort of form of meditation for me as well. So mm. cooking, particularly, like kneading a dough, you just can do that forever, and uh, it's just good. So, you know, I think you probably channel some of those emotions and stuff into into the making into the process. So as I said, it probably leads us like yeah, sort of more towards the end, but also probably into the meditation thing. So because you talk about it like being a meditation, I think one of the things I see a lot when I teach meditation sometimes in workshops is people have this idea of like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I'm meditating. Yeah, it's like. Meditating, that's what meditation is. And it's interesting, like you're talking about, oh, you know, when I need the dough, it's meditative, or when I'm cooking, or when you know, I'm going to yoga, or I'm working with music, or things like this. So, and you say it's like very meditative. Mm. So, obviously, like, what's your view on things like meditation and, you know, I guess the use of meditation in daily life, and especially something I'm seeing more and more of is people who are time poor mm-hmm. so there's a lot of time poor people who i guess don't think of ways to get meditation into their lives because they have this idea that if they can't sit on the mat for 10 or 15 minutes then yep. there's no point mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think one of my best forms of if you want to call it meditation is just laying on the grass looking up through the leaves at the sky as the clouds go past and just yeah. just doing nothing you know that, that point where you almost feel like you're floating there as well. Um, 
So, and you, you, know, you don't have to do that for long. Mm. A few minutes feels good. Get mm. some sun and yeah. then go about the day. But the same as, I guess, any sort of action where I feel like I can, I'm just fully channeled into that one thing. That's the just the point of focus. And yeah, it's just a nice break from everything else that's going on. Mm. So I think you could you could sort of touch on the key things because I think people have this idea of like the posture and things like this. But what you're talking about is having like a focus and holding that focus on something for a sustained period. And by doing that, you you know are not sort of following the moving mind like you used to, and because you're not following the moving mind like you used to, it's not throwing you around like mm. you used to, and you know everything starts to become more calm and relaxed yeah. and clear. And then the other one that's interesting, you talked about the, the, the looking at the sky. So in stuff I study in Dzogchen, uh, that, that's actually a primary meditation technique. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's called, sky, it's, called sky, open, it's called open presence mm-hmm. or, and, or sky gaze. And basically that's pretty much you sit or lie and you just relax with your eyes open and you don't really do anything. You just relax your awareness on the open space. So normally what happens to people when they meditate is there's always an object. So like say if I am meditating, I'll be focused on my breathing or my body or there'll be a point of focus. And so there's always this point of attachment. There's something of which I'm attaching my awareness to in order to anchor myself. So in open presence, you're, you're basically just doing that on space itself. And it's really interesting, like it's it was it's seen as I, I normally tell people there was one meditation which was like the meditation. Especially for like lucid dreaming and dreaming, it's open presence. Mm-hmm. It's just something like that. Because it's so simple, but it trains the mind out of attachment. Yep. Because you can't quite attach you obviously see the clouds coming and going, but the the situation that you're focusing on is transient. Yeah, you're not focusing on them. It just passed. It just passed, yeah. yeah. And there might be an interesting one, but it's like, it's not like, say, if I had a candle and I was like, mm-hmm. or I was making like, oh, oh, like over and over again. It's this thing where it's kind of like, everything's constantly changing and you're kind of relaxing the awareness on the space itself and then that relaxed awareness of the space itself is having this effect on the mind where you're naturally doing that I think what I find is I naturally start doing that in my life Mm -hmm. like events you know like there's the cloud oh that's that event oh there it is and then it's going you know and it's kind of like and I think realizing like that's kind of like what life is like is it's like events that are passing Mm -hmm. yeah 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 definitely so what would be your advice to, I guess, like people, because like some people who listen to this may be yoga people, some people might not be, some people might be thinking about yoga, some people probably have like an idea of, you know, especially as a male teaching yoga, they might be like, you know, yoga for chicks, like what would be your advice to people who I guess were, I guess either maybe wanting to start or probably wanting to go deeper? Like, what would be some little bits of wisdom that you've learned so far? There are so many different teachers, so many different varieties of yoga. There's something for everybody. So, mm. for if you don't know what you're you're going to enjoy, try them all. Find one that sits with you, 
and then that's where the journey starts. It's only going to get deeper from there. So the more you get into it, the more open you are to, you know, other options, other uh, you know, styles, anything like that. It's it doesn't really matter. If it's all about just that, similar to what you were saying with um, how the illustrations start. They start because you draw that first line. Mm. You got to take that first step. If you're interested about it, you're already beginning. Mm. So yeah. Take the next step, go further, go along to a class, uh, let it build. And, um, it's only going to benefit you in some way, if not now, sometime in the future. Those the teachings that you learn, everything you pick up, it's going to come back and yeah, be assistance. Mm, awesome. Well, thanks for your time, man. Cheers. Yeah. And we'll see you later. Thank you for work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, man. So that, that's definitely enough.